Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Coffee listeners, it's Christina and Mary here back with this week's episode. And I, for one, am so ready. I'm not going to leave you guessing any longer. It's the My Hero Academia episode. Specifically, oh, and by the way, a disclaimer I am a white person and an otaku. So I'm going to keep flipping back and forth between calling it My Hero Academia and Boku no Hero Academia. And I hope you can forgive me, regardless of which camp you sit in, of what's the correct thing to call it. Um, But yeah, super excited for this episode. We're going to be diving into how My Hero Academia is the perfect series to talk about what it looks like to own your own voice and develop the kind of leader, aka hero, that you want to be. I love this episode already, just because... My hero has so many different characters that are great leaders and talk about owning your voice. I mean, I think you could pick any character in this series and have a whole conversation about their journey and their leadership style and how they own their own voice. So I'm really excited about this. I'm pumped. Me too. And speaking of owning your voice, uh, spoiler alert. Mary and I are both anime watchers and manga readers, so the manga is much further along than the anime, so if you're an anime watcher only and you have great disdain for learning things before you want to, uh, just a warning, we might go there, we might not, but we'll try our best to mention it. We're going to pop something really major, but otherwise we're just going to get into it. So Mary, where do we even start with this titan of a show? You know, I think... I mean, I think maybe setting the foundation for it would be great. Just what do we mean by owning your voice and leadership? Because those are two coaching terminology. Well, they're words and they are also coaching terminologies. So, Christina, what what do you see when you hear owning my voice? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's such a good question. So to me, what it means to own my voice is it's like when you are choosing to be the most authentic version of yourself. And I know that authenticity is even a bit of a buzzword these days. So another way that I like to think of it is it's, and ready? We're going to dive right in. It's the difference between Deku trying to copy who All Might is because All Might's the perfect symbol of peace versus Deku like developing his shoot style and starting to like really start to progress and understand who he wants to be as a hero, how he defines being a hero. I love that so much. Just yeah. geek out on my ends. Yeah, I love that. Um, and, and similarly, when we talk about leadership, I don't know about you, and feel free to input, but for me, leadership is the way that you show up when you're working with a team. I think we all get, and especially in a team structure, it's about 
especially in coaching leadership, it's about bringing the best version of each person, like actually seeing everyone's strength and how they can contribute to that task, to the greater good, to the mission. So it's really about seeing a person fully and then bringing that greatness out in every moment for a reason, for a cause. And Christine, I don't know if you want to add to that description. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one thing I would say is I think sometimes people hear the word leader and team and then shut their brain off because they're like, oh, well, I'm not a manager, so I don't have teams. But team could mean anything. It could be professionally, like the group of people that you work with. And you can even be in the dynamics of your friend groups. And again, because I'm a nerd and I got to go there and this is an anime show, like I'll never forget the school festival arc where Jiro essentially becomes the the leader of their project. Like she becomes the one that drives who will be in what role and even figures out clever ways to get her classmates involved. So even like dynamics in high school could be considered leadership. So it's not just for people who are in positions of authority or power or, you know, higher up or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Absolutely. It could be your own family dynamic. Um, what happens with your friends groups? I mean, there's so many ways that we can step into our own voice, step into our voices, step into our leadership. That's really simple and day to day and doesn't have to be a huge project or part of a job role or anything like that. It could be as simple as looking at buying groceries can, you know, can require us to look at our own leadership and who we're being about all this stuff. Um, and I think Christina, I love what you said about Deku and like who he is in this. Um, for me, the show, like for me, it's definitely one of the characters I love watching and exploring is definitely Bakugo. And I love watching him as owning his voice. And I think in the beginning that he's such a clear cut character because he has a mission. He's ever since he was little, he knew he was going to be the superhero and that's his path. And he has a path and it's clear. And then he gets to, to the academy and there's this guy who's he's looked at in this way who, who's had no quirk and who's powerless and who's now com- competing against them. And it kind of changes his whole world's view of who he is and how he's been and how, what, what's going to happen next in terms of his own leadership development, which I think is really great in like owning your voice and owning your power and exploring all those different layers of who you are. Yeah, well... You're totally spot on with Bakugo. Like, I think he's someone who, like, carries a capital A authenticity flag in every interaction that he goes into. And I I don't know, I feel like coaching alert, like, this is a total coachable moment because what we know about Bakugo is while he's incredibly authentic, like, he totally owns who he is, he's also a very jarring and at times controversial character. So if you were working with him, like what might be some of the areas to focus on, especially as he like, because he has this mission of being the number one hero. And quite frankly, he scares a lot of people. So like, how would you support him in like staying true to who he is, but also being able to be like fully seen as this heroic symbol of victory that he is? That is an excellent question. And I think one of the things that as a coach I see for Bakugo is being open to receiving because his defenses are so constantly up all the time. And I think this is part of what this aggression masks is like keeping people apart and away from him. 
So I'd be curious to like have that conversation. What's the thing that actually keeps you from being open to receive and open to get support and help? Why the need to always do it on your own? Why this need for isolation and separation, which I think could be a really cool conversation and may actually lead to some kind of self-awareness around how he's being with other people and how he's being perceived. Oh my God, I love that. And I think I think to your point, like you, you catch glimpses of him being willing. I think one of the pivotal moments of that is specifically when they rescue him and Kirishima reaches out his hand and he actually chooses to grab it. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I would love a world where Bakugo could allow for like 10 times as many hand grabbing moments, you know? I know. I mean, that would just be magical and it would be a totally different show altogether if that were to happen. But let's go back to Deku for a second. What do you see? Like, what would you work with him on? Ooh, with Deku? So I I kind of mentioned it a little earlier when we were just defining what it means to own your voice. But what I love about following Deku is he, in a lot of ways, he's got like leadership development 101 skills. And what I mean by that is like often when we want to be leaders or we want to be musicians or we want to be anyone who's up to creating something that they'll be remembered for, they go and copy the people around them. And so in Deku's case, you see it first and foremost with All Might. Like he's got to be the hero that smiles when he walks in and he has to have it all perfect and handled and he has to be really stoic and the symbol of peace. And then you also see it in subtler moments, like the way that he copies Gran Torino's movements or the, you know, that probably my favorite, one of my favorite moments in the anime so far when he confronts Bakugo and is like, to me, when I think of victory, I think of you. And when I want to win, I start acting like you, like I start cursing more and I get rowdy and I look for the fight. And I think that that's amazing, but sometimes what happens as a result is is Deku loses a sense of like who he truly is as a hero. And so in coaching, we don't just work on the gaps, like what isn't working, we also celebrate what is. And what I would probably choose to do is actually like have Deku fully celebrate all the times he's been himself as a hero. So when he saves Kota, when he saves Eri, like these, these moments that he is just unequivocally him, and people get to see him as the hero he's going to be. And like actually take a moment to remember those things and hone in on what about that felt good? What about that felt true to me? Even, oh my God, I can't believe I missed when he fought gentle. Like what about that was just me owning who I am and what I was committed to? No, like no focus on copying anyone else or looking the way it's supposed to look. I love that so much because it's actually that ability that innate ability that he has that actually got him to the to become a hero to be to have a quirk because it's when he steps up to save Bakugo when he's quirkless has no power and sees his friend in a struggle that he's that he steps up and he's like I'm actually going to run into this I don't know how it's going to work I don't know how I'm going to save him but I know I have to do something and that's what inspires All Might to actually say, hey, uh, that, is, that is the essence of being a hero. That is the essence of being a leader. And you can see how his taking action actually inspired everybody else around him to also then say, okay, we got to keep going, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's even why, like, in some ways, Deku and Bakugo would be amazing to coach together or even just like, 
like ha- like have them going through coaching and like looking at each other because in this conversation around leadership, I think something else we could talk a little bit about is like ego or like like I feel like if you look at the different sides of the spectrum, Bakugo could at times be considered narcissistic and Deku at times can be considered having like severe imposter syndrome. And there are benefits to swinging on either sides of the pendulum. And there are also like consequences to that. And so um, if I were to take Bakugo as an example, like his, his ego gives him the confidence that he, he walks in and he already knows he's going to be the best. Like there is no doubt in his mind he's going to win. It's just a question of how does he want to win that day. And that infallible confidence is what makes him so great. But on the flip side, it's also the thing that, you know, had him fail the licensing exam because he's so focused on being the best that he loses the humility to think about how he comes off to other people. And he loses that human quality to connect and like have his presence be comforting to people. I'm just picturing group coaching <laughs> with Bakugo and Deku and I'm like all kinds of scenarios running through my head right now. <laughs> I'm like that would be so much fun. Especially if you combine if like you said you combine take a little bit of the aggression and the ego and then bring a little bit of the heart and connection that Deku has and together you make this really powerful duo. Um, yeah. And so like, you know, I, I think we've talked a little bit about like, yeah, so if we gifted Bakugo some of Deku's heart, what would be available is that ability to connect with others. And so on the flip side, like if we were taking a look at like Deku's imposter syndrome, like what works about it and what do you like, what are some of the fallacies that you'd want to work on with him? I think one of the things I love about Deku is his ability to adapt And I think the way that he's learned to do that is by mimicking, is by looking at everybody else. Is you know, he has he carries around those notebooks with like everyone's strengths and weaknesses. And so it's like his ability to analyze information and use it in the moment that serves him. I think where I would work with him is like, how do you make that yours? How do you make that specific? How do you take all those strengths, all that analytical ability and create it as something that's your own, Um, which I think is really cool. I think one of the three top three UA students, like the the top UA student, he kind of does that. When you see him, when he's introduced into the series, you see how hard he worked at like adapting and making that power his own, but he worked really hard to use all the information he had to become that powerful. And I would love to see something like that in Deku too. Absolutely. And I think also it's it's great symbolism because what we know about Mirio is, spoilers, what we know about Mirio is that he's essentially set up to be the hero that Deku was supposed to be. Like he's set up as the perfect person to inherit uh, one for all to be All Might's successor, and Deku spends a lot of a lot of that arc being like, "I should give this quirk to Mirio. It's not mine. What was I thinking?" And Mirio loses his quirk, and it's not to say he, I want to be clear. Mirio is one of my favorite characters. It's not to say he's any less of a hero, but in a lot of ways, him falling, so to speak, I thought was amazing symbolism for how All Might's way of heroism was a way. It wasn't the way or the only way or the only way to be number one and be successful. 
So I think it, in some ways the, the show is almost unintentionally coaching Deku because it's giving him little seeds to notice like, hey, I know that this is who you think you're supposed to be, but even that person fails sometimes. So don't worry about failing or succeeding their way. Focus on failing and succeeding your way. Yeah. And I think I think for all characters, there's in every in every fight in every challenge, in every school test, there's the question that arises. is like, what is the opportunity to learn here? What did I learn about myself? Where are the gaps? Where, where do I need to work more? What are the strengths? What can I celebrate? Which I think is also what we do in coaching. You know, it's like, I think it, one of the reasons I love the show is because you get to see that for all the students in the school and even for the, all the heroes too, at times, you know, you see this for All Might when he's in this fight and he has to finally come out and people see him as the quote unquote real version, that scrawny version of himself. And it's an opportunity for him to show up in his leadership in a different way. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like ending with just like the epitome of who All Might really is, is is what the episode deserves. And maybe to lighten up the mood and kind of connect to seeing ourselves in these characters, I thought it would be really fun, Mary, if we just took a moment to highlight some of the characters that we didn't talk about by just uh, identifying which ones we relate to the most and why. So do you want to kick us off? Oh man, Christina, there's so many, (laughs) so many characters to choose from. Um, I definitely love Eraserhead. I know that you do too, but that is probably one of my favorite characters because there's something about his, there's something about him that's like silent power that represents silent power to me. Like he's really humble. He leans back, he watches the action and then he, but you know that he, he, you know the, how strong he is and you know how powerful he can be. And there's something about that that I really love and relate to. On the flip side, I also love, um, there's so many, there's just so many. I also love Gravity Girl. I know that's not her name, but I love her. And that's how I refer to her because there's something about her that's also really, that's like lighthearted, but you also see the determination and the fight in her, which I also love too. And there's also that like human experience where she doesn't know how to talk to to people, especially to Deku in those moments. There's like, like that shy awkwardness, which I find like so endearing and, and fun. What about you? Ooh, well, I have some trepidation saying this because I also kind of relate to him as like the chief fuckboy of the series, but I really relate to Todoroki <laughs> for, for a couple of reasons. Like, In some ways, Todoroki would be my ideal coaching client because his entire story is about taking the things that he feels like he should reject because he relates to them as being his father's and reclaiming them as his, like actually owning that they are gifts that make him an amazing hero. And part of why I relate to that is, you know, I I speak about it pretty openly. I've had an up and down relationship with my own dad. And he's been an entrepreneur for three decades. And so many of those t- entrepreneurial talents, like I had to reconcile with the fact that I, I've adopted from him. And I almost didn't want to. Like I had my own version of like, I will never use my fire because the fire is dangerous and power is dangerous. And, and I know it sounds dramatic, but like really like being a coach and learning how to build a business as well. And and being assertive and going after what I wanted, like I was scared to use that power and I was scared to have it as my own. And 
And it took a lot of work with my own coach to like really claim it as mine and integrate it into my voice. So Todoroki, hands down, I, he's a fuck boy, but he's got some compelling stuff. And uh, I, <laughs> I think... Um, I think the other character, you mentioned him as well, Eraserhead. For me, part of why I relate to him is I actually think he's one of the best coaches in the show because he is super direct, but he also secretly sees his students for the greatness of who they are. And you really see that, especially now in the manga, spoilers coming, of how he is willing to do whatever it takes to protect them over and over and over again and fight for them because he sees them as the future. And so much of the work that I do is driven by my own passion for legacy and creating family and propelling like the next generation of leaders into accomplishing amazing things. I love that so much. And I don't think there's a better way to end this episode in our series <laughs> this way. So let us know who you relate to in My Hero. Love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear your comments, questions, anything that, that came up for you in this episode. Send us a message. Absolutely. And the other thing I want to say is, like we said, My Hero Academia, it's a really long series, really complex, really elaborate. And there are tons of other themes we could point to. And so if there's one that you're like, how dare they not talk about the Icarus, you know, symbolism of Hawks or the, the complex family dynamics of the Todoroki family, if that's something you want, please email us, coachtakupod at gmail.com. Let us know. It's probably an episode we've already thought of, but if it isn't, we will put it at the top of the list. Thanks for listening and please subscribe. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.